Hello, everybody, and welcome to another film podcast. My name is Tierney. I'm Colin. And my name is Matt. <laughs> Are you imitating me? I know. Yeah. I was going to say shit. I really I missed the, the memo on that one. <laughs> so rude. Uh, there's a Simpsons episode where Homer records his voice, and he, th- he thinks he sounds cool, and he goes, hey, this is Homer Simpson. And then he listens to it back and goes, hey, uh, this is Homer Simpson. And it's very funny. <laughs> sounds okay. very That's funny. All. That sounds very, very funny. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so, so this week we watched 20th Century Women. We sure did. Bless us. <laughs> Maddie, Maddie, this was this was a movie by by your choosing. So so tell us more about it and why you chose it and everything that you want to to tell us. Here's the deal. I think it's an underrated masterpiece. Um, we saw it... Actually, Colin reminded me yesterday, we saw it originally, like, very early on in its uh, theatrical release as part of a marathon that I saw with my friends, uh, Steve and Cam. They would, uh, for my birthday, take me to a marathon of movie day. So we'd just watch, like, four or five movies back-to-back at our local uh, movie theater. And this one was in Evanston. And we saw 20th Century Women sandwiched between a lot of movies about moms. We saw Lion. We saw A a Monster Calls. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I can't remember what other one we saw, but it was all about motherhood. And I think this one was uh, my favorite of all of them. I love A Monster Calls. Yeah, I was like, wow, damn, okay. (laughs) I know. I think I even named A Monster Calls my favorite movie that year. But looking back, I think 20th Century Women might be one of my favorite movies, period. Uh, I've probably seen this movie at this point probably like 10 times uh, and I get new stuff every time I watch it so uh, I just think it's one of the best movies that's come out uh, in the last decade and I think people don't talk about it but I think it's got incredible performances uh, and it really just sends you uh, to 1979 Santa Barbara and like in a sum in the summertime it feels like the perfect kind of like summer movie. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I understand why they released this so late cuz like they you know, they wanted the the Oscars run. So like it came out officially in the United States I think in like late December, but that was like a super limited release. So I feel like we saw it in January. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like opening weekend in Chicago. Like that's how like delayed this movie was. Um, so I definitely get why they did that for, and you know, they ended up getting a Oscar nomination and we'll talk more about that later, but, um, it does, it definitely does feel like a summer movie and I feel like watching it, you know, rewatching it, I guess for me, um, yesterday when it was like 90 some degrees outside in Colorado, I was like, yes, this feels right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember we, so yeah, we saw this one together, Matt, um, and I liked it. I at that had you have you seen Beginners now? I know you hadn't seen it back then. I've seen it twice now. Okay. I saw it once with you, and then we just recently we watched it maybe a month and a half ago. Okay, uh, and I sobbed this time. I don't remember crying uh, watching Beginners the first time, but I cried very hard this time. And I also I cried on my rewatch yesterday of Twentieth Century Women in like the final line. Yeah. I just, like, burst into tears, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, so the, all of that is to say, and we can talk more about, like, those two movies a little bit later, but um, 
I had beginners in my mind when we saw this. And I, at the Mm -hmm. time, I did like this movie. I didn't like it quite as much as you did, but I did really like this movie. Um, But I thought beginners was better. And I've this, so I rewatched it yesterday. I rewatched 20th Century Women yesterday. This is the second time I've ever seen it. The first time since we saw it in theaters. And in between those two times, it's already grown in my estimation. And while I currently right now still think Beginners is better, I just rewatched that about a month ago. I do think if I rewatch both of these like a week from now, 20th Century Woman will surpass. It's, I think it's, it's, it's a, a, one of those movies that just like will grow on you. And like you said, you've watched mm-hmm. it however many times and you catch more and more <clears throat> each time. And I, I do still think it has some like, structural plotting issues um but i think like the emotional impact of this movie hit me really hard yesterday and i can only see that growing as i continue to grow with this movie but i really liked it um i'm curious to hear what you think tyranny because you had never seen it before last night yeah Um, no so Uh, so i liked it i wouldn't say like of the movies matt saw that day I would still put A Monster Calls way above it. Um, so I thought it was, like, very well-crafted, like, visually. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, there's a lot of... Oh, what is that word? I don't know, but it's the, the like, mechanics of making the movie. I don't know why I can't think of what that's called. <laughs> it's very good in this movie. Um, like, you can tell that the director and, like, the team on board is very talented. Yeah. Uh, I. There was something that I couldn't put my finger on. That it might be kind of what you said, Colin, with plot. But there was, it just felt like something was missing from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that a lot of the, like emotion that you were, supposed to feel like, wasn't. What it could have been for me anyway so that's why I'm like I don't know this is just my opinion it's still a very well made movie um, <laughs> you don't but... like this movie and Matt now hates you so <laughs> we're done no 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 it, like, <laughs> no the, I know the like making of the movie is very good um, I don't know why I, just, I like couldn't figure it out but I was like I feel like this is missing something and it reminds me of a book that I can't remember what it's called that I know I've read <laughs> And so that's where I was kind of like, there are neat, like, I need more than what mm-hmm. I currently have mm-hmm. to feel. <laughs> yeah, and I think, honestly, like, the way you're describing it is how I felt when we left the theater. Um, okay. Like, the, fir- the first time I saw it, as I was, because I think, um, so, now, I mean, if we want to start getting into it a little bit more, um, you know, obviously we kind of mentioned this. Uh, so this was written and directed by Mike Mills. Um, and his previous movie to this is called Beginners, and um, both of these movies are like loosely inspired by his parents. Um, so Beginners is more or less about his dad, and 20th Century Women is more or less about his mom. Um, and I think part of why I liked Beginners so much more after I saw this the first time is because I felt like Beginners was just a little bit tighter. Um, like I think it it like the the plot of beginners is very clear, right? Like it's, it's not like a plot heavy movie, but like it makes sense. And all of the things like kind of flow together. Whereas this movie I feel is a little bit more ambling. 
um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but um, I feel like there's just a lot of characters that don't always feel like they're all like living in the same house or spending a lot of time in the same house and they're all like are kind of weaving in and out of each other's orbits but i think beginners because it's so much focused on his relationship with his dad and like they're the two main characters and then uh melanie laurent comes in and like she becomes like the supporting role but like that's pretty much it it's just like that small little circle in beginners whereas this just kind of feels like it ballooned and i i it worked more for me this time around but I still felt that kind of like I don't necessarily feel like all of these larger pieces fully come together um which I think maybe what kind of what you're getting at Tierney possibly I don't want to like put words in your mouth but that was kind of like how I felt about this the first time it was like I like all of these characters and I like all of their individual arcs it's just I don't necessarily know when, if like how they all come together I don't know if that necessarily like fully works to me for me um yeah I think some of it too was like the age-old show don't tell to mm-hmm. where the like internal wants and desires that drive a character were told to us and not shown it's like the only thing I can think to to describe what it is but that shouldn't make a difference that's why I don't know I don't know like I don't know what it is but I was just like but then again at the end I was like moved by the ending yep um but I also felt like I didn't really know what that kid what Jamie wanted yeah and I think that that's probably like I didn't really get him other than he was trying to please all these people was it in an effort to to please his mom? I don't know. Okay, so yeah, I'll chime in. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, yeah. Can someone I, just I, explain this movie to me? <laughs> but I do think I think like there is a a weird lacking in like momentum and plot um, that I think with each subsequent watch you just accept that that's not coming. Mm-hmm. And the first time around, you're kind of like, what is the point of all? Like, where are we going? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think by now I've, I've kind of settled into it's just about uh, Dorothea played incredibly by oh Benning. It's like one of my favorite performances ever. Uh, but she can, I think, and I, like, I crack little things each time of like, oh, I think this is what I'm supposed to be uh, kind of adhering to. And the, it's like kind of a, a kind of a handed over line of like the, when the car in the very beginning burst into flames and she's like i can't believe it like burst into flames and he's like it was old and it smelled like gas and like it was an old car it just like of course it was going to burn up and then she's like it wasn't always old it just got that way all of a sudden and i think that's the first moment she realizes like i wonder if that's how he sees me Mm -hmm. and if that if he's already given up on me as like a mentor and so her placing trust in Elle Fanning's character, Julie, um, and uh, uh, Greta Gerwig's character, Abby, to be like, you're younger, you're modern, maybe you can be his kind of guiding presence if he thinks that I'm too outdated. 
Uh, and then I think that just keeps getting reinforced throughout the movie of, like, he keeps doing these things that he doesn't realize are incredibly hurtful to her and only make the gap between them bigger. And she keeps trying to fill that gap with William, uh, who's played by Billy Crudup, or Julian Abbey, to just be like, okay, well, if if I'm not going to work, maybe other people in our orbit can help you. Um, and in the end, I think it's it ends up just being like, no, I just wanted you to be my mom, and I just wanted them to be my friends, and that you didn't need to, like, hand me off to them mm-hmm. to do what you thought uh, I didn't appreciate you doing. And it, so, like, it's a very, like, not super powerful plot. It's just, like, trying to live a life. Uh, and this time around, I, I, like, thought... I think especially with the ending, um, it's more of a movie about, like, this particular snapshot of time this particular Mm -hmm. moment in their lives and like and uh yeah i think it's just like there's so many things that are just about how you live a life as best as you can at that particular time uh and like the i loved the line where she's like they have no idea about like global warming or uh the war or, like, any of these terrible things that are on their way. Like, Reagan is coming. Like, all these things that are going to change the world. And in 1979, none of them have any idea of that. And mm-hmm. then it reflects later of, like, none of them have any idea of what their individual futures bring. And they're all kind of... Dorothea says, like, am I stuck in a rut? Like, am I stuck? And later on, she gets out of it. Like, she ends up getting things that she didn't expect to get at this age. And I think, like, this movie's all about the struggle of just trying to live and not really knowing if you're doing it the right way or not. Um, And each of the characters kind of embodies that in a different way and in their own kind of, like, confusion. Um, Which I think the Crisis of Confidence speech that they show, the Jimmy Carter speech kind of puts a point on that of like nobody really knows what they're supposed to be doing or if they're doing it right uh or you know if they're cool or if they're not cool if they like the right things or if they don't uh and that is i think something that's like it it just paints a picture of human beings and not this like we have to stop the beginning of this thing like it's not a huge plot it's just uh, slice of life, which I usually am not crazy about, mm-hmm. but I think the performances in this are so real and so grounded that, like, that's all I love. I was gonna I say, think, I think... Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. Mm. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I agree. I think that this... It, this movie is... Like, there are scenes from this movie that are phenomenal. There are performances from this movie that are phenomenal. There are, like, lines of dialogue from this movie that are phenomenal. Um, And so, to your point, Matt, I think it's, like, does it hold together, like, as one larger thing? Maybe not quite as well, but, like, all of its individual parts are so strong that it kind of makes up for some of its failings in those other areas. Um and I think that, like, that, like, we already talked about, I think because it's so strongly rooted in these characters and these performances, 
that like when you get to that final scene, which we'll talk about in more more in depth a little bit later, but like I think that's why you you get that like emotional impact at the very end that you may not have thought you were going to get because like while you're watching the movie, you're kind of like, what is this? What like what am I? Who am I caring for? Like what am I rooting for? Um, but then like at the end, it's like oh yeah, this was just all about these characters. And the way that the movie ends is all about just the emotional payoff of those characters. And so it really does hit kind of um, like in a way that you were not expecting. And I, I remember even when we saw it in the theater, that was like the the strong, strong ending went a long way for me um, in terms of like overall liking the movie uh, when we walked out. But anyway, what were you going to say, T? Uh, well, two things just about the ending. The thing that did it for me is like the epilogue because i thought the ending of her and jamie having their conversation where he's like i just wanted a mom to kind of be like like it needed a little bit of a shoehorn i felt like sure Mm -hmm. um but then from that moment on is where like i thought the emotional punch came from absolutely anyway so while you were talking there, Matt, I think I figured out why I felt like it was lacking is because if you look at screen time of this movie, this is Jamie's movie, but it's called 20th Century Women, and the most strong character in the movie is Annette Benning's character. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that I found... I literally just figured this out while you were talking. (laughs) The thing that I found lacking is that it's not her story, but it is her story. So we don't get to see her, really, other than, like, her laying in her bed. But, like, I would have rather stayed with her longer and maybe had her overhear the conversations between Jamie and Julie. And so that's where it's, like, we, like... I feel like we missed out on that. That's really all it is. Yeah. And I feel like I, it's her story and it's like not her story. Like it's been taken from her. Yeah. I think that's what we should talk about is uh, Colin texted me yesterday and was like, the character I care about the least is Jamie. Yeah. And I was like, agreed. But I think, and I think the more you rewatch it, um, cause it, I also for the first time actually did feel like, Oh, it, he's not, the, he's not the main character. He does a lot of narration. All these scenes with just him, and I'm like, why can't is we get to see? Is it just him though, it's or like is it always and... with Abby, or is it always with Julie, or is it always with William, or is it always with his mom? No, because we... there's ones of him with his friends. There's ones of him skateboarding. There's like all of these ones of just him, and it's like, I... why can't it be Dor- Dorothea going to all of those people? <laughs> I will say, I. I do agree. Like, there are... I think it's rare that there are scenes with just Jamie. I think, for the most part, it's Jamie interacting with a person or a small group of people. But, like, um, even that, like, there's only a, a couple of scenes where he's with his friends and, like, one of the other, like, quote-unquote main characters isn't there, right? Like, even when he's doing the scene towards the beginning where he's, like, doing the breathing thing and fainting... Like, as soon as he faints, Julie, like, runs over to him. So, like, yeah, she wasn't in that moment, but she was, like, there, you know? So there's really only a couple of scenes where it's... I I do agree with you that, like, it's presented as, like, a coming-of-age story about Jamie's character. Like, that's kind of what it's, it's, like, 
I think that was kind of what it was like marketed as. And I think that's kind of what like it's, it's set up to be from the beginning. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that's like a fair representation of what this movie actually is. Especially because, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just, I, I disagree that it's like, I did, I agree that he's in a lot of the scenes, but I don't think that there's a lot of just Jamie. I think there's a lot of Jamie with these other women and also William, like the other people in yeah. the orbit. And when he's alone and like, is like, I bet she faked her orgasm. Like when the kid's like, I made her come like three times. And he's like, you know, most women fake it because you don't know how to stimulate uh, her clitoris. But uh, the even that scene is like a result of his time with Abby. And mm-hmm. so like he's rarely moving on his own accord um, without being pushed in directions from the women in his life. And the funny thing is, like, William has the least amount of influence. Like, right away, he's, like, he's talking about wood. I don't care about any of this stuff. Um, So it's, like, interesting, too, that, like, the women are pushing him in directions of, like, growth or understanding things or, like, seeing the world. And he, like, doesn't connect to William at all. But I I think you feeling like it's Jamie's movie is 100% accurate. And I think, like, that's the, the disconnect is that you're, like he's not that interesting and he's not growing very much like his arc doesn't seem to be very inspired but i think like when you stop looking at him and you start looking at everyone else around him of like i think this is dorothea's movie and i think it's a movie about like feeling like society doesn't care about you anymore and i think that happens with like the crisis of confidence speech where she's the only one who likes that speech and she's like i thought that was beautiful and everyone's like oh he's done this is the worst thing uh, carter could have done and it happens again in the break room of her work where she gets asked on a date and then immediately he's like oh you know some of the guys thought you were a lesbian and like all the joy that comes from like oh somebody's interested in me like i sure let's go on a date is immediately deflated when she has to be like no i'm not like all these little indignities of like she's just trying like she's living her life and she's trying to be easygoing and go with the flow and like it's not enough for modern people and like they keep you know making her feel like she's getting left behind and even Jamie saying stuff like why are you okay with being alone is like a barb that she's like I'm not okay with it but like what do you want me to do? Like, and she doesn't say that, but it's very like, you don't get to talk to me like that. But then she immediately cries because she realizes like, is that how he sees me as like being okay with being alone? When it's really like, life is just going to put you where it put you. And there's not very much you can do about it. Uh, You just end up where you are. And she's like, I had my chance two times at like love and they didn't work out. And so I think like, her growth as a character is like just surviving and i all i think there's a lot of stuff that like i tie together that it really requires a lot of like i guess that would relate to this but when julie even says i think being strong is the most important character trait it's not being like uh intelligent or whatever Mm -hmm. it's being strong and being able to withstand what life throws at you and i think dorothea is that dorothea is 
strength in a way that like nobody around her fully appreciates but that she just embodies she like she knows what she likes and she knows where her life was and she knows like that it's okay that she's not together with somebody and just keeps going and like the indignity of somebody being like oh yeah i asked you out but everyone thought you were a lesbian he's still like do you want to go out and she's like sure yeah if you want to come over to my house like it's very like whatever fine let's just move past it she just withstands all of these little hurts and just keeps going um and i think like abby and julie have their own particular arcs of like uh abby being punk but also just wanting a family maybe and Mm -hmm. like being told that she has an incompetent cervix which is like what does that even mean and like and it i thought that was like an example of how a lot of women have talked about male doctors treating them of just like cold and sterile and like unfeeling and just like dropping pretty devastating news and just being like yeah that's what's going on you've got an incompetent cervix uh and just like these little feelings of like you know i didn't do anything that caused this like my mom took a a drug because she had two miscarriages and now that has resulted in me having this issue of like these all these people are on their own individual like little growth paths and the only one who really isn't is uh jamie because he's just kind of like and william he's so young and william but even William is like, I don't know what to do with people when, when I, like, when they're interested in me, I, like, don't know what to do. But he doesn't really grow, <laughs> is more of what I was saying. Like... Oh, sure. Everyone else... And that's, I think, what, like, really is frustrating is because why is it not their story? Why, why even put Jamie in as a central character when you could have all three of them have a movie on their own? Because I think that the most interesting storyline is Dorothea's as she ages and being a mother, especially an older mother. And that's also like a story that we haven't seen really mm-hmm. versus like how many coming of age stories of a little boy have we seen? Sure. Especially yeah. ones with a single mother. Like there's loads of them versus like Hollywood never tells stories about older women. And that's where I feel like you had the chance here. And it's still a young boy story. And that's what's, like, frustrating. Is that you don't even need him. Because you could easily have three... Those three women living in the house. And then having it be vignettes of each character and how they interact. Mm-hmm. And then Jamie can be in it. But not, like, the central character that ties them all together. Because he isn't. Dorothea is the central character that ties them all together. Yeah. I, and again, I think it, it goes back... I agree with you. And I think that, like... Would that have been a better movie? Maybe, probably. Would it have been something that we haven't seen before? Absolutely. But I think it goes back to the fact that this was Mike Mills' love letter yeah. to his mother. So, like, on that on that token, like, it does make sense that, like, Jamie is as involved as he is. Because this is Ma- Mike Mills talking about his life and how he grew up. I mean, he, he said that, like, the like Dorothea's character and Abby's character were inspired by his mother and his sisters. Um, and like, he felt like he was raised by those women. So like this story that he's choosing to tell is 
this young boy being raised by other women. So, like, I, I do agree with, like, what you're saying. I just think that this particular movie almost had to be this version just because yeah. it was coming from that place from this creator. Um, now, if, he, all, yeah. if, if Mike I, Mills' next movie were to be... Because, like, now he's made one about his dad, now he's made one about his mom, like, presumably he's not going to be making any more, like, you know, loosely autobiographical films. So, like, maybe Mike Mills' next movie is going to be more kind of what you're talking about, where we are taking a look at, like, the actual, like, characters who who, like, are really the focus of the story, as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, kind of pinning the focus on somewhere, someone where it probably should be focused elsewhere. Um, so, I mean, who knows? We'll see. Supposedly his new movie's coming out later this year, and I'm really fucking mm. excited, and I hope that it actually does happen. But um, but I, I, I do agree with you. I just think that this particular movie can't be that, just because it's coming from where it's coming from. And I would have liked it to be, like... I sure. would have liked more Abby, more Julie, way more Dorothea. Um, but I think with I think the other thing is, if you're watching it one time, you only get that amount of time with them. If you if you've rewatched it as many times as I have, which is not to say that that should be a requirement of a movie, but at this point, like I've settled into those characters more and really just focus on them and like what they're doing and what their motivations are. And Jamie is kind of this, like, extra piece that is necessary in in order for all of them to, like, look back and be like, where was I at that age? And, like, what do you need to understand what's going on now? Um, And I think, like, he's the least interesting character, like we're saying, but he is just kind of this, like, excuse to explain the generational gap, to put this, like, ocean between... Dorothea and him and all these other people that fall in between at various levels uh, mm-hmm. of adulthood. Um, it, I, if it was a vignette movie and we got more of like Abby's individual story with like the punk bars and her time in New York and Julie's like home life with her mom and her sister, I think that would have been an incredible movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, could Mike Mills have stretched in a different direction instead of just being like, well, it's my story and I'm Jamie. Uh, so I gotta be in it. Could he have done that? Sure. Um, this is the movie that he made, uh, and put himself as like the character interacting with everybody basically. Um, and for more or less, I still think like the power of those other stories are enough that I like, I love this movie. Um, but moving away from Jamie, let's pretend that Jamie isn't an element. I think, like, most of the other stuff that I want to talk about is, like, unrelated to him. Uh, specifically, I want to talk about Abby and William, which I think is, like, a very... F- I think also, like, an important plot for both of them. Um, where, like, she's going through this hard time and, like, getting tests to see if she can have kids or if she has cancer again. Um and then when she, like, wants to hook up with him, and she's like, do you want to, like, mess around? And he's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, her whole thing of, like, no, there, there has to be a story. We got to make it a story. Uh, like, you're a photographer, and you just keep saying, I'm sorry. Uh, and it starts really goofy, where he's like, uh, like oh, I'm so, uh, yeah, if you could just... And she's like, I don't know. I've never done this before. But then he, like, he breaks from the play of it, and then just holds her face and says, like, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In a way that communicates, like, I'm sorry that you're going through all this. And, like, and I'm sorry that you don't feel happy right now. And I'm, I just want us to be, like, human beings in this room together. And that moment is so beautiful and so powerful of just, like, not... And it's also, it reveals later what uh, Dorothea says, where she's like, men just want to fix everything. Like, when really, we just want you to be there. We just want you to, like, be here while we go through things. And I think that moment of not being like, why do you have to do this? Like, why do we have to act this out? Can't we just, like, be human being? He just says, I'm sorry. And that's enough to be like, I understand that, like, things are tough. And I just, I always find that, like, lovely. And then for later, for her, uh, for him to kiss Dorothea, and she's like, what was that? Aren't you with Abby? And he's like, no, that's not really, like, a thing. And she's like, well, if it's not serious, then why do it? And that's a moment, I think, for William to realize, like, oh, yeah, I don't just have to go with the flow and accept whoever is interested in me. I can actually do a little more work to, like, show my own interests which then la- leads to Sedona, Arizona, which we find out in that epilogue. But, like, uh, it's those, it's like the little interpersonal relationships, even between the characters unrelated to Jamie, that, like, give each of them a little more depth and each of them a little <clears throat> more, like, humanity and uh, personal direction of, like, how do these little moments influence what those epilogue history, like, futures are? Yeah. I, I yeah, mm-hmm. I like. Uh, um, the scene with uh, Annette Benning and Elle Fanning in the car is like really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like any of the scenes with just uh, Annette Benning and Greta Gerwig are fantastic. So it's like all of those like individual scenes where they like play off one another are just like really really strong. And I think that ultimately goes to just like how good every performance in this movie is like it's just like i again i think jamie notwithstanding i think he's probably the weakest (laughs) character and probably the weakest actor of like the the major players but um i think as you mentioned earlier like this performance by annette benning is just out of this world good she's so good in this movie and all of her little like ticks and all of her little like just like the small little tiny things that she does Mm -hmm. just like she fully like she is she's not a net bending she is dorothea and it's it's so clear every moment she's on screen and it's incredible to watch her in this movie um and i also like i'm pretty sure this was like my first real exposure to greta gerwig um because i like never Mm. really watched any of her um, like mumblecore movies and I had not seen Frances Ha until earlier this year so like you know quote unquote her major like her, her most noteworthy things were things that I just hadn't seen and so like I'd only seen her in like small tiny roles in like little stuff um, but I was like aware of her as being like a, like a huge part of this like whole indie film subculture and this was the first time where I'd actually gotten a chance to like see her do something like that and I was like, holy shit, I get it now. Like, I get why everybody's been talking about this woman for so long. <laughs> and then, which is not to say 
that like she shouldn't keep writing and directing movies because she absolutely should keep writing and directing movies but I was like a little mad at myself for like only getting in on the Greta Gerwig train on like one of her so far last like film roles like of her being on screen like she's <laughs> like she's really really good in this and then a year later she wrote and directed Lady Bird and we all know what happened after that so it's God like bless. <laughs> <laughs> um and even like Dakota Fanning who you know, L Fanning. Fanning. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. How dare you? I knew I was going to fuck that up. I knew I was going to fuck that up. Sometimes uh, I forget Dakota Fanning's name. And I'm like, wait, who's... Is the older sister L Fanning, too? Yeah. Because she's the only one I care about now. L yeah, Fanning? No, that's, yeah, L Fanning. She's so good. <laughs> um, Spanish for the Fanny. No, I said Elf Annie. <laughs> Spanish for Elf Annie. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> what were you going to say, Colin? I was just going to say that she's like she's really good in this movie too. Um and I think that like watching her like evolve as an actor um you know cuz like basically she's been around since she was a child and like watching her develop into like a legitimately strong actor um has been really impressive and I think that this was one of the first roles that I remember being like, oh, okay, like, she's got it, you know? Because I think a lot of the stuff that she did earlier than this, it was, like, it was hard to tell. She was, like, still kind of a kid, and you didn't really know. But, like, this is one where it's like, oh, this is, like, maybe her first, like, quote-unquote adult performance. Um, And I thought that she was really compelling, too. Um, So, yeah, I think, like, the performances on this movie, basically top to bottom, are just, like, stellar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I just say some general good notes? Because I feel like all I've done is shit on this movie. But yeah. it's really that I'm... I just want to convey one more time. But it's just yeah. that I'm frustrated that we didn't get that story because it was a perfect opportunity to get that story. Is really sure. all it is. <laughs> like, I just wanted more of Dorothea. Anyway. Um, so, uh, one thing I really liked that, like, setting doesn't always... Like, the setting doesn't always reinforce the story, but I thought it did well in this one, since it's a boarding house, and in mm-hmm. every room, there is housework going on, and mm-hmm. it's and it's fun because, it, like, even though you have all these characters, they're also in this house, and it's fun that the house reflects the characters and the, like, periods of growth that they're all going through. I thought that was a really cool choice, and, like, how often do you get to see a house that is constantly being rebuilt? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't know, it was something new to look at. I liked it. Well, I, I have that as a note. Uh, I, I, what was I, where did I write that down? But like, yeah, the fact that the house is, oh, the house is in a constant state of repair. Mm-hmm. Um, in every, like you're saying, in every room, uh, and like massive amounts of work, like ceilings coming down and like all this stuff changing. Well, I also, mm-hmm. I think it's funny too that like, not necessarily funny, but I think it's it's interesting that, um, like, if you think of, like, a, a home project now, right? Like, if, like, if my parents wanted to do something, they would just, like... Tell me more. <laughs> a home project. <laughs> this is all I'm doing. Anyway, oh, sorry. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Good point. Um, okay, so we'll use you as an example, but it's, like, the, <laughs> like, it's not that, um... Like the the idea for you is you're not like oh my god I must rush to get this done but you're just like 
I'm going to get this done relatively quickly, right? Like your goal is to like try and get it done as soon as you can. So you can like do the thing that you're going to do. Whereas Mm -hmm. this, it just seems like the home renovation is just like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll sand this banister when we have some time and we'll just sit in the kitchen and enjoy some newspaper when we want to do that. And it just, it's like, it's really fun that it's like, yes, the house is always being renovated, but only kind of, you know, like only when it's just like, yeah, I think I'm gonna, just going to do this thing right now. And like, that feels like to me, especially like, you know, living alone during quarantine when I like had a bunch of stuff around my apartment that I could have done, but I mostly was just like, well, I'd rather just sit and watch TV, you know? And so like every once in a while when the inspiration would strike, I would go do a thing that I needed to do. So like that felt very real to me. Whereas I feel like a lot of the time, when you think about home renovation projects, it's like, well, we just got to get this thing done. And then once it's done, we can like live in the house that we want to live in, or we can do the thing that we want to do. Um, so I did appreciate that about this movie. I also yeah. feel like with home renovation, my experience from listening to adults is that it never ends. Oh, also true. Yeah. yeah. There's a million <laughs> new things. It's like, as soon yeah. as one thing gets done, it's like, Oh shit. Now we got to do this other thing. So. Yeah. But. And, and, the, and the, sorry, go ahead. Uh, the scaffolding that's outside of the house too that like Julie uses to get in the room yeah. is also like that scaffolding doesn't relate to any of the indoor projects so like that's also getting done is like stuff to the outside stuff to the inside all yeah. these cars in the driveway <laughs> um, I also thought it was pretty funny that the mom that dinner at the table where everyone's talking about their menstruation all of the men at the table are men who've asked out Dorothea yep. <laughs> like she had them all come at one time I thought that was like a really funny payoff to like the moment that you were talking about earlier Matt when like the guy from her work asks her out she's really excited he like totally steps in it and she's just like yeah just just come over to my house sometime like we won't do a date we'll just you can come over to my house and then you realize that like the time he comes over to her house is like oh i've also invited a shitload of other people and you are very much not like here on a date like you are just yeah i needed to do this because i said i would so here you are <laughs> but, like, i thought that and was we're a good gonna payoff. talk about periods the whole time <laughs> All the reactions of everyone around the table are so funny to, like, hone in on. Mm -hmm. Just because everyone is, like, so uncomfortable or just, like, ooh, uh, ooh. That scene's so good. Where she's like, okay, show's over, girls. Uh, And then the the last, like, I have some technical notes, too. um, But the last, like, major thing that I, I think this is the best line of the whole movie. And this is where I'm like, this is what the movie is about. Is when she's talking to... I think she's talking to Abby. And she says, you get to see him out in the world as a person. I never will. I was Mm -hmm. like, that should be the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) we barely see Jamie, but we see her trying to understand Jamie. Yeah. 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 I was like, that is... It's one of those, like, like once someone told me that, like, their parent was adopted, and so they were the first blood relative that that parent ever saw, and I was like, oh, wow, oh, where it just, like, it was like a, oh, my God moment. How did I never think of that? And yeah. so this was one of those things where it was like, oh, my God, my mom can never see me out in the world as a person. Yeah. Yeah. It made me really sad. I, yeah, this yeah. movie does that. 
And I, I love that, like, Abby immediately follows that up by just, like, showing her... She's like, I, I can... Like, yes, you're right. You will never be able to see your son out in the real world as a person. But I can do the next best thing here. I can show you this picture that's, like, weirdly developed. And it's just, like, there's, like, a lot of, like, f- like flair on the image. But, like, this is just... This is him. He's just got a smile on his face. And, like, this is him. And I thought that that was, like, a really sweet moment between those two characters. Where it's, like, I understand and, like, I feel your pain and I'm going to try and help you the best I can possibly help you and give you, like, the best version of the thing that you are sad that you'll never get to to experience. Um, And I thought that was, like, a really... Like, I love that line, but I also thought, like, that whole moment was very, very sweet and very touching. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. My my other ones are just that the colors are so nice and the cinematography is so nice. Oh, and then I had one... That was a joke that said Jamie is a knockoff Timothy Chalamet. One hundred percent. Preach, girl, preach. Yeah, it's like very much. It's like oh, we couldn't get Timmy. He was out in Italy filming. Fucking call me by your name. So we had, let's get this other. We had to dude. get this other kid. We got another curly-haired brunette boy. <laughs> Although uh, uh, Matt and I found out the other day, or I mean Matt apparently already knew this, but uh, the kid who plays Jamie is he was born and uh, raised in Rogers Park. Oh. And apparently still still lives there, question mark, or at least did at, I, at some point like, recently. Yeah. But So that's uh, fun, at least. Another fun fact, uh, while we're talking about curly-haired brunette boys, uh, <laughs> my dad was watching um, uh, Outlaw King, and mm-hmm. I was, like, in the living room, and then I was like, oh, Timothy Shelby is in this. And then my boyfriend goes, oh, that's him? And I was like, have you never seen him before? <laughs> and he goes, nah, I've just heard his name, but I didn't know what he looked like. And what? I was like, <laughs> and I was like, did you not see Call Me By Your Name? He goes, mm, I didn't see that one, no. And I was like, where have you been for like five years? <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like, like he's been in like every... Not every, but like every year. Every movie. He's been, he's been in every single movie. No, but like every year... Since he, like, kind of, you know, came to some sort of prominence, he's been in at least one noteworthy movie. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand how you could just, like, not know who he was. Oh, I should also say that he's seen Outlaw King already. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is Outlaw King... I think Outlaw King Chris is... Pine. It's the Chris... By... So Shalomay it... is in that? Yeah. Or it looked like him, I don't know. But it, I don't uh, know if he's in well, that. Well, because Chalamet was in a <laughs> Netflix movie where the, the word king. king was involved. Was it just the king? Because yeah. this is, my my dad was like, uh, it was, there's a, some movie about Robert the Bruce, and I was like, oh, is that the one with Chris Pine? Because there's the legendary, every, yeah. So <laughs> Matt's like, oh yeah, 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 no, no, I know, I know. <laughs> Are you thinking of Aaron Taylor Johnson? Which I was just looking at the cast list for that movie. I was like, I wonder if she's thinking of Matt's other boy, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Who, no. similar to Chris Pine, had a frontal scene. In, uh, in this movie or in just in a different I'm movie? I'm pretty sure no, Timothy Chalamet is in Outlaw King, but I'm going to look it up. Uh, was it the Hamlet one or was it Wikipedia the says no. Yeah. Oh, well, it's a dude that looked just like him, let me tell you. <laughs> you got to oh, tell. I was going to say, you got to talk the to. the King. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah, because he had that watching? awful haircut. It's just a yeah. truly atrocious haircut in that movie. 
Medieval um, haircuts suck. Do you think he got his hair actually cut like that for the... Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I guess I was wrong. At any rate, you should no probably one knew who he was. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably, like, show your boyfriend an actual picture of, of Timothy Chalamet at some point and just be like, by the way, this, must is, know. this is what he looks like. Or, like, make him watch Lady Bird or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's also funny because Timothy Chalamet has gotten to a level where people dislike him purely because of his exposure. Like, people can't stand hearing his name anymore, even if they think he's a good actor. So it is funny that uh, somehow your boyfriend has missed that whole level of, like, overexposure, saturation of Timothy Chalamet. That's very funny. Um, Relating to the, like, technical stuff... One thing that I appreciated is, like, the outfits are repeated. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's not constantly new outfits. It's just, like, the same clothing multiple times in different places. And that's just, like, a nice detail to make them, like, more realized. And also the fact that, like, everything in the house is worn, like, old or just used, and but beautiful. Everything is, like, bright and uh, clean and, like, the kitchen's, like, a really fun uh like colorful kitchen but you can tell that it's lived in everything feels very lived in and real uh all the cars feel like they are these things that have been like cleaned up and and like uh, uh worked on uh which also this time around i actually i like don't think i've ever fully noticed how many cars william has in the driveway <laughs> that he's like perpetually working on and then they reference throughout the movie of her being like can you fix one of those cars so that i could have it and then be like when the beetle gets like spray painted and graffitied then a different car is repaired to like make up for that one but they, i never noticed like how many times when they're in the driveway there's like four cars jammed into the shot of like bumpers or front like I just thought that was a very fun detail. I also enjoyed the fact, like, so he's clearly, like, not always working on these cars, but, like, capable of doing car maintenance, and, like, they're always there, and the car, like, the bug was spray-painted, and they just never painted over it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, and towards, like, the end of the movie, when Jamie and Julie go off on their little, like road trip thing like they're still driving that spray painted car and, and they're like, like that's it's, them it's like oh they're here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's the car <clears throat> i did love um, how much talking heads was in the movie yeah yeah the i would say the score i mean the, the music across the board but like that like that score um that's like starts the movie with you just get that like overhead shot of a beach and, like, the waves rolling in in Santa Barbara and just, like, that beautiful, like, instrumental piece that kind of keeps coming back in throughout the movie. I mm-hmm. really, really, really liked. And I think part of... One of my favorite things about Beginners is, like, the Beginners theme. Like, that score that is just, like, throughout the movie. And I don't think that this particular score gets nearly the recognition that Beginners does. But I think it's just as good. And I also think that it fits the movie maybe better than the beginner's score does um and i really like that like throughout um i also like the when we were talking about like the colors i think the way that they the way that they um show movement throughout the movie like Mm. you know when the cars are driving you it's not just that you see a car driving down a road you just see like the weird 
like 3D 3D kind of effect that they have and I thought that that was like a really fun choice cuz like those scenes like those shots are not that exciting outside of that you know it's just like okay it's a, it's another car driving down another road who really gives a shit so I thought it was like a really fun way to like just make stuff like that that's going to be in your movie anyway just like make it a little bit more fun than what you would normally see <clears throat> yeah what are the other technical notes that I have? Because uh, I think it is, like, a very technically impressive... Oh, that all the... Like, so many shots are through door frames, where you're, mm-hmm. like, just on the other side of a door frame and looking through, which I think only, like, uh, encourages the idea of, like, these kind of snapshots of, like, this is a frame and, like, this is the image. Uh, but there are so many things where you're just kind of, like, peering through and, like, looking at people through their... Uh, door frames, which I think it's a cool. great use of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> especially when you're like that in house. A house. Yeah, I yeah. love also her explaining what the house is, where she was like, "Well, yeah, there was a family, and then they lost all their money in the war, and then oh. it, there was a fire, uh, and then it went to this, you know, uh, like bohemian family, and you know, and then they lost to the bank, and and they're like, it's a beautiful house, and she's like, isn't it? But like her just explaining how. Let's this this house came about. Let's not forget who she's explaining it to. Yeah, the which firefight- is the firefighters who <laughs> put out the fire that her car was like her car was on fire. They came, literally did their job and put the fire out and she was like, "Come over for dinner." And then she's just like walking them around the house telling them about it. And then she has that one line about how like some part of the house burned down. She's like, "Too bad you weren't there then." Yeah. <laughs> So, so perfect. <laughs> yeah. I love her so much. She's like, I, I just love being with Dorothea for, like, the length of this movie. I think she's such a fun, uh, and, like, I feel like I know her. Like, I've met this person mm-hmm. who's just kind of, like, uh, very confident uh, and has these, like, little uh, mannerisms and, like, speaks in a way that you, like, want to listen because she's so uh charismatic and like knowledgeable uh i just love her so much uh what were some of the oh uh i just got some lines uh but i think that'll help like uh move some of the conversation but like uh early on when it's like uh forge notes when they're like Jamie's been forging notes. And she's like, okay, but why can't he skip school if he's got a legitimate reason? And then, like, he shows her how he forged his signature. And she's like, that's very impressive. But you could, you should never forge someone's signature. But, like, her reaction to, like, he can't skip school is like, well, why can't he? And then when they're like, he can't have a bank account. She's like, okay, he's not a child. He's not a half a person. He's a full person, and I want to open a bank account for him. Like, also, he's like four in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> which, like, whatever, but it's, it's so funny that she's arguing that, like, no, he's like a person, and he needs his own bank account. It's like, what? <laughs> he, like, he can't make money in any way. Yeah. Like, he's so far away from being able to actually get a job. <laughs> yeah, I just loved her reaction to those things, and, like, and the fact that, like, we can recognize how cool she is, and it's, like, a bummer that other people can't, mm-hmm. or that other people, like, think she's, like, kind of stodgy or, like, outdated, when we're like, oh, I would love to hang out with her. She seems so fun and so cool, 
Uh, and so, like, with it, she's, like, trying to be with it by being like, I'm going to get a bank account. If you want to skip school, just let me know why you need to. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the, uh, like, the escalation of, of ex- excuses why Jamie was late. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you got in a plane crash. <laughs> he got in a minor plane he, crash. But... He was helping the Sandinistas. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of control. <laughs> uh, and her line, uh, wondering if you're happy is a great shortcut to being depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incredible <Yep>. line. <laughs> uh, what is some other uh, fun stuff that I noted? This isn't I like her when line. She, she says to William, do you have... It's like, do you have any one-liners? Yeah, where she's like, oh, you don't have very many funny lines, oh, do that's you? It. Yeah. I thought that okay. line was so, so funny and also just, like, really, like, perfectly meta. Like, just, like, because, like, his character really doesn't have any, like, fu- like, he's, like, a like a pleasant character, but he doesn't really have any, like, funny lines throughout the entire movie. So I thought, like, when she just straight up calls him out on it, it's like, yeah, you don't have many funny lines. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the funny it is funny because like his funny lines are just him being himself and other people being like what are you yeah of like i love when him and abby are in the room and she's like your hair smells really nice and he's like i make my own shampoo she's like of course you do do. (laughs) because like a really truly of course he does or just anytime he's like well you know i just think jamie's energy is a little different from maybe your energy and she's like and there you know there's all that stuff about an energy crisis and that's yeah. and that's right before she's like you don't have very many funny lines do you but like she's giggling at her own joke already knowing like this guy's so like earthy and energy that like just poking fun at it i i love that too i also liked his response during the menstruation conversation i thought it was yeah. really good you have to make love to the whole woman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I also I like, love... There's, like, that just that little beat, and then Abby's like, well, that's not really what I'm talking about, but I thank you. Like, <laughs> like yes, you're right. Like, it's, you know, I, okay. <laughs> and even uh, when when uh, Julie is, like, uh, the first time I got my period was I, I was watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and then she's like, yeah. I've never seen the end of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And then he's like... Uh, the the big uh, guy smothers uh, Jack Nicholson and uh, you know, it's a it's to set him free, but like we just get this beat about one flew over the cuckoo's nest where it's like that's not the point of any of this conversation, William. I love it so much. Um, oh, and even at the beginning when at when he's talking to Abby and Abby at the like at the dinner party and they're on the couch and he's explaining like. I don't even remember what it is, but, like, energies. And she's trying to, like, not laugh. And then she just bursts out laughing right before we cut away. <laughs> but she's, like, trying to take him seriously. And then it's just like, this is so wild. <laughs> you're so... You're such a hippie. Uh, which also... Yeah, I just have a bunch of notes. I, like, went overboard. Um, but... <laughs> speaking of hippies, uh, I remember when I saw Across the Universe, the julie Taymor beatles musical movie i was like Mm -hmm. this movie's dumb like i don't know where we're going i don't know like what any of these characters are doing and why things happen and there's no explanation and a friend's mom was like well that's kind of how the 70s and the 60s were was like things just kind of happened and people moved around and 
one person was with this person one week and then they were with a different person and it just kind of like blended together where everything just kind of like happened and i and i i think that's a poor excuse for why uh across the universe isn't great but i think (laughs) i think here you like get a better sense of that of like this transitional kind of flow that everyone in this era was in of just like okay i can't be a fighter pilot so i guess i'll draft at a copyright like at a at a company i'll do some like advertising and this kind of just like uh like i think if we want to talk about the epilogue like the way all the characters go is so different from what you'd expect Mm -hmm. of them or at least where they were in that moment Mm -hmm. uh and that is very like is it what is it what i thought that like william was gonna end up doing pottery stuff and uh, I almost said, what's her face? Abby was going to have a family. To where I, that part wasn't as surprising. The part that made me cry was the end where Dorothy is on the plane. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Whereas the rest of it was hard. just like, oh, <coughs> yeah, that makes sense. I the think only thing like... that I found sad was that, like, none of them, other than Abby, none of them found love. I disagree with well, that. Julie Julie falls in love in Paris and then well, she, like she a permanent go- love. Sorry, I should have specified. Oh, sure. sure, sure, sure. Doesn't William, I mean I so think gets married Julie twice. goes to NYC or NYU um and NYC I guess apparently by, by <laughs> default. Um but she meets somebody there and they get married and move to Paris and choose not to have kids. So like, I thought pres- she said that the man moved to Paris. No, I think no, they, I think they both they did. both moved to Paris, oh, and they just never they mind. they both decided not to have kids. Um, I thought I so misheard. Like, I thought it was like she fell in love with a man, and he left her to go to Paris. Oh, oh. and she decided <laughs> to never have kids. So I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> damn. <laughs> but I think um, so. Like she had her version of a happy ending, yeah, which like feels right. Abby mm-hmm. had her version of a happy ending, and like I think. You know, it, it was clear throughout the entire movie that, like, Abby definitely wanted to have a family. And, like, so I I thought that she would have just, like, adopted. So, like, getting the, the fact that, like, oh, no, she was able to, like, actually have two of her own children, like, without any, like, issues. Like, that was really sweet and moving. Um, and then, you know, William got married when he moved to Sedona. And then that fell apart. But then he married someone else. And so it's, like, up in the air, I guess, whether or not he had that, like, lifelong love. Um, but I think it's maybe assumed that it worked out with his second wife. Uh, I don't know. Maybe um, I'm pessimistic. Well, that's... And I was, like, <laughs> like... And I think... I think everybody got their version of a happy ending. Yeah. Right? Like, because even, even Jamie's character, like, eventually found love and got married and had a kid right like that's like one of the last lines of the movie so it's like everybody got something i think what makes me sad is that they're all like they all just kind of go like move away from each other right which makes sense right like this is very much like a moment in all of their lives where they all just happen to be in this one house and in this one like city but outside of Jamie and his mother who who, like obviously have to stay in touch um it just feels like all of the other like the peripheral characters who were so important to this particular time just kind of grew apart and like that's I find that to be really sad but yeah I find that to be brutal 
of like uh, when Julie says like I lose touch with Jamie and Dorothea, mm-hmm. where you're like, oh man, like yes, uh, like Abby lived with them because she was just looking for a place to live besides with her parents, um, and I do think we even with Abby's story like her involvement in like the punk scene. Which, I mean, Dorothea also hints at earlier where she's like, they don't know that this is the end of punk. Like, Mm -hmm. that this is it. And so, like, knowing that that era is basically over and she becomes a suburban Californian, like, artist and mom is so different from what you'd expect. Like, I'm going to be, like, I'm going to live in New York and I'm going to do all this, like, really, like, wild stuff even though I'm getting, like, into my late 20s, early 30s. But then it's just like, I'm just going to live a normal life with a husband and two kids and show my art at galleries. And Julie going off and not staying connected to these people who knew her so well. And like, even William in the fact that he's like, in two years, I'll move to Sedona. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, two years is like nothing. Two years is so soon. And so like that, I think, is the saddest part is like. <clears throat> The, the scene of the hotel room where they're eating Chinese food and then dancing and like this little family unit of all these spare parts of like nobody quite feels comfortable in their own family or with like the people that they were with and so now they're all together and then to know that like within two years all of them disperse I found very sad uh, but I think it's also like that's how life is absolutely and I, and the idea where she's like they don't know about Reagan or all these other things um, it also makes me like watching it this time I was like who could have guessed where we would be in 2020 like none of this stuff if you had told us 10 years ago would have felt like logical uh, places to be and so like this movie is very much like in 1979 but the message is like but none of us know like mm-hmm. no, none of us know where we're going to be. And I think the the kind of like artful and beautiful thing about having them be aware of their own futures, especially Dorothea, who like multiple times is like, in 1999, I'll die from the smoking. Like I'll, I'll have lung cancer and it'll kill me. Um, and like just knowing that that's the future. But us in real life not knowing, mm-hmm. uh, I think is just like uh, pretty heartbreaking. Uh, but also beautiful yeah but i do th- yeah so i the i mentioned this earlier but i think like e- every time i've watched this movie the ending has really like i guess not even the ending but like the epilogue mostly has like really saved quote unquote saved the movie mm-hmm. for me uh which is not to say i didn't like all the stuff that came before it but like the ending is just so strong that it like elevated it and i think like like you said tyranny that that final like technically i guess jamie's the last one to like say his piece on what his future is but like the the visuals that we get are all on dorothea and i think that the fact that the movie ends with her and we find out that she did finally find like a lifelong love that she was happy with and he made her happy and he treated her right and he gave her this really beautiful simple gift for her birthday every year and we just got to watch her flying in that airplane with a smile like i'm tearing up right now just like, I know, talking I'm cry. It. it's like so fucking beautiful and, and she's that, so happy and she's so happy and that final line where he's like i'll eventually i'll grow up and i'll have a son and i'll try and describe my mother and it will be an impossible task 
fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so good. <laughs> and I like I'm crying now. I was crying when I watched it yesterday. <laughs> fuck. Good job, Mike Mills. At least in yeah. that one part. <laughs> and I and I think that's a testament to how much we love Dorothea and like mm-hmm. we only want good things for her. And I think it's also why Jamie feels like such a shithead is that we're like, why don't you appreciate her? Like, she's so cool, and she's so doing so much for you. And then I think it makes us think of our own parents, of like, when are we not recognizing them for all the things that they do, or all, like, the little personal lives that they have? Um, even when he yells, like, I'm going through everything, you're not going through anything, and you're like, shut the fuck up, Jamie. Like, you have no idea what she's going through. She's going through way more than you. Uh, but yeah, I, that final shot of just her so happy in that plane is like, I can't think of a better way to end this movie. Um, mm-hmm. God, it's, it's, I, it's so, it's so beautiful. What a beautiful ending. Yeah. And also heartbreak. I still think all the epilogues are like, oh, they didn't stay together, but like realistically they wouldn't. Yeah, but that's like, sad. Why that would they? Together. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but you just want them to be a unit forever, and that's not the way things are. Yeah. Um, anything else from the movie itself before we move on to the other the categories? I'm gonna run through quick things, real quick. They're not even discussion toppings. You're just toppings. gonna give us some some quibbies, some quick yeah. quick bites. I'm, I'm gonna give you a whole quibby. <laughs> Give you one whole quibby. One whole quibby. Uh, I noticed this time that Abby's mom is shown in the photograph of like her things uh, before we actually see the actress like in a scene. Oh, we just see a photo of Abby's mom like looking over her shoulder in a Polaroid, and I was like, "Oh, it's her mom!" And then we see her later, but this is before we ever actually see a flashback with her. Uh, one um, one quick thing, yeah. um, <laughs> I am like as both of you know, I'm like very not into like art, like this. Like I love watching like movies and I like listening mm-hmm. to music, but like I am not the type of person who's like gonna go to a gallery or anything. Um, but having said that, when she's like describing like, oh, I think my new project is I'm just gonna take still photographs of all of my things and just, like, take pictures of them. I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea for a gallery. And I thought it was really funny that my thought was like, oh, that's interesting. I might actually go see that. And mm. she tells that to William, and he's like, that's really sad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, nice. I don't know, it just feels kind of sad. It's <laughs> like, yeah, yep, same. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, speaking of William, uh, when he picks up, uh, I think it's Our Mothers Ourselves or whatever book he picks up and he's like mm-hmm. oh there's a great thing about home birth in this <laughs> and then yeah. he starts reading it and Julie is mouthing his, the, the passage like he's reading and she's mouthing along and then like uh, she's like oh yeah you, a home birth limits the child's growth personality and Abby who has been representational of like the feminist wave uh, of that era is like growth personality is that even a thing and she's like it's a real thing and like julie represents this like psychology movement or like analyst movement that was in like the 70s and so it's fun that like in that scene you get will william being like oh yeah you got to be like earthy and like yeah period 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 i always kind of took that as like what else but like him talking about home births julie looking at it from like the psychological angle and then abby 
being like, what is any of this? <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what does any of this mean? Um, but I thought I thought that was interesting that like in 20th century women of like what do each of them represent of the 20th century and julie represented psychology and like this thing that was kind of coming into her life from her mom abby represented like feminism and punk of like breaking what society had already like decided for people and then dorothea just represented like tradition of just Mm -hmm. like i read my stocks i smoke even though it's not good for me, I'm just going to keep smoking. Like, I like old cars. I like my music. Like, I'm just, this is just the way I'm going to live. And I think William represents, like, the hippie movement. But, like, it's fun to see that those are the elements that are, like, working. Like, cogs in this big machine of each of them are, like, in each other's orbit and, like, influencing how the other ones uh, move through life. Uh, so that was one thing. And then I always just forget that Aaliyah Shawcat is in this movie. Oh, yeah. Every time she pops up, I'm like, oh, Aaliyah! Yeah. <laughs> she's here. A fun little... She's the one from Arrested Development? Yeah, fun little yeah. May- Maybe Funke cameo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, excellent uh, little cameo. And, uh, and the, last, the very last note I have <laughs> uh, is just regarding the scene where Jamie reads from the book to Dorothea about herself Ugh. or what he perceives her to be mm-hmm. and how brutal that scene is where she's like i don't need a book to tell me how i feel or who i am uh it, it's and it's just like i feel like we've all had those moments where we think we've figured out our parents and we say something to them that's like too accurate where they're like okay uh i'd like to not talk about this anymore and like, <laughs> i don't know why you think it's okay that you could bring this up uh, but like it's that it's forgetting that they're not your parent they're a human being moving through the world independent of you and to like say things like that would be like saying it to anyone who like doesn't want someone feeling like they know them and like assuming all these things based on like what they've read or what they've like heard especially if like some of it rings true uh, but yeah that scene is always brutal just brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Yeah. But But that's um, it. Those are all my notes. We did it. We Bus. made it through. We made it through your quibbies. Your quibbies. Um, tattoo ideas. Idea? So I was thinking, like, on the one hand, just that like final shot of her in the plane smiling, but I also like I would That could be crazy on a tattoo. <laughs> just, yeah, just that's what I was gonna say. I think I would rather have just like a picture of her just like standing there holding a cigarette like just like very yeah. just like classic dorothea just like looking like a boss uh just you know wearing her birkenstocks just being all all of her 70s glory i was like yeah this 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 would be dope yeah <laughs> um but yeah i didn't that that was like the 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 one that jumped up to me i think there are a couple like lines of dialogue um from this movie that i would maybe consider as well although none of them are jumping off to me at the current moment and i didn't write any of them down because i'm an idiot so um but yeah any i've got an idea okay uh Uh just the shot no this is a good uh, this is not a joke uh (laughs) just the shot of the of their car with Jamie holding onto the side. Oh, yeah. Uh, with, like, his bleached hair <laughs> as she's driving him around on a skateboard. And, like, we get that kind of color, uh, like, 3D 3D look. That would look cool as a as a yeah. tattoo. It's just, like, a car, a person holding onto it, and then, like, the, 
sequence color. And that's a really mm-hmm. fun reveal, too. Like, you, in the movie, um, like, you know that he's like, I think I want to, like, bleach my hair. And she's like, oh. And then so she, like, helps him do it. And then, like, the next thing, they're in the car. And you're like, okay, they're just, like, going back home. And she just, like, keeps looking over. And you think that she's just, like, looking over to try and, like, take in this bleach blonde hair and be like, oh, this is, like, a totally different thing for this person that I've known, you know, his whole life. And then when the camera cuts outside of the car and you're like, oh, she's just, like, letting him skateboard off the side. Like, oh, it's so sweet that they're just, like, having this adorable little moment together and just, like, having fun together. Um, I thought that was, like, a really cute reveal to, you know, kind of end, end, like, the movie for all intents and purposes. Because basically everything after that is just, like, the little character epilogues. But... Yeah. Um... I would absolutely spend time on this film set, and I assume yeah. <laughs> with the way Tierney's been talking about this house that she would also spend time on this film set. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I also, watched the movie. All of as... those skateboard scenes look like so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we do it, I'd be like, I wanna do that. Is that same? I wanna do that. Can I can I join in? <laughs> I'd be like, God, that looks like so much fun. <laughs> Did you have the same amount of fear watching this one, Matt, as you did when we watched Last Black Man in San Francisco in terms of the skateboarding scenes? No, because it was all flat. I was like, yeah, they're going at a normal pace. But like, rock. There were some. Well, I mean, the half pipes and stuff is just whatever. And just like hills. Yeah, there were hills. I mean, but not like not like San Francisco hills where like the whole shot uh, from the top of the screen to the bottom is a road. And the bullet of a person zooming down on a skateboard. <laughs> we never see that in this movie. Uh, I never he felt was like zigzagging. But that was controlled. I I mean, last no. Black Man in San Francisco, he was controlled. But like, this this hills of San Francisco are not comparable to Santa Barbara. Period. <laughs> I think you mean menstruation. Menstruation. <laughs> Everybody Come on, let's say, all say it. it. Together. Menstruation. <laughs> Um, oh. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, we're going to be real angry about yeah, an awards I know. that never matters, but definitely doesn't matter four years after the fact. But <laughs> uh, The best actress category in 2016 is a fucking travesty. <laughs> because, really? I mean, so we've got Emma Stone from La La Land, which, like, oh, La La Land, yeah. whatever, but I we do think Emma Stone... We movies from this year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like La La Land is whatever like you can take or leave that movie but I do think Emma Stone was one of the best parts of that movie so like I'm fine with her being nominated less fine with her winning but whatever it is what yeah. it is she Isabel won? Who- yeah. yeah Isabel Hubert from L, the uh, foreign film about Isabel Hubert's character dealing with sexual trauma she was good Ruth Nega from Loving she was good, but that movie fucking sucked. Like, that movie was so boring. <laughs> like, I just don't care about that movie. Get it out of here. Uh, Natalie Portman is Jackie. Oh, I love... I do love Natalie Portman as Jackie. That was one of my favorite performances. Uh, and Meryl Streep, Florence Foster Jenkins, which is, like, uh. the biggest travesty of all here. But in that Best Actress category, we do not have Annette Benning from this movie and Amy Adams from Arrival, which I yeah. think 
are two of the best performances of that year, regardless <sighs> of gender. And I yes. think it's just completely insane to me that neither of them was nominated for... This is like... You know, I'm not like the biggest Annette Benning head here, but like this Benning is Benning head. <laughs> what Annette Benning Stan? Is that more? Is that more your speed? No. no uh, just... My name is Cuthbert Benning head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, like this performance is the best performance of hers I've ever seen. Yeah, and one of the best performances of the last five to ten years. Like, she is so fucking good in this movie. And the fact that she wasn't even nominated is outrageous. Um, Again, awards don't matter, but, like... (laughs) But this movie's such awards bait. Like, it has everything that people love about award movies. And for it to be overlooked is, like... Especially when beginners... The power of La La Land. <laughs> uh, uh. But you're, I mean, also, like, they, it's award bait, but is it Los Angeles love I, musical award? They did bait? fuck up by not setting this in Los Angeles. They picked the wrong California town to set this movie in for, for their true Oscar bait. <laughs> God, but it, it's such an artful, cool movie that it's like, give me a break. Like, this is what you should be focusing on. But what about City of Stars? City of Tars. I, I still like of all of the things that La La Land won for, it is still so upsetting to me that City of Fuck Stars that. beat out I Am Moana, which is yeah. the <laughs> best song that has been written for a movie ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we might need to walk that one back a little bit. <laughs> I agree with as like the intention of what you're saying. Go, but, like, the Mo- best I am a one is the ever <laughs> in <Okay>. any movie. <laughs> All right. I for agree sure with you that that, that should have won. Yes, I won't argue yeah, against that. that I'm just saying, like, your hyperbole here needs to take at least four steps down. <laughs> Even Five. in La La Land, though, the audition is a better song. There's, than there City are of Stars. several better songs from that movie than fucking City and of Stars. Is good as I am Moana. Also true. Fair. Yes. Um. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, this was only nominated for one Gosh. award. Um, and it was best original screenplay, which like, I think it's, I mean, that was, that's a deserving award, I would say. Right. But, but Annette Benning, my Annette God. Benning. And Even I, Elle Fanning or Greta Gerwig in supporting? Either one of those. I would throw my weight behind Greta Gerwig. I think that like the, the stuff that she gets to do with the, like the, um, when she goes to the doctor's office and like Jamie's with her, like that whole sequence where she's just like you can just see that she's like holding back tears the entire like that whole thing and she's just like trying to understand what her doctor's saying when he's just yeah. says like incompetent cervix or whatever and she's just like I, she blew me away so i i yeah. agree at least one of them probably should have been nominated but i would have gone with gerwig there i mean i feel like we always talk about cinematography but like it, this movie is beautiful. Like it looks yeah. gorgeous. So like that could have been in there. I would also say set design. Yeah, like yeah. the the um yeah production design. Like that fucking house costumes, costuming. There's just so many things that this movie makeup, special effects. <laughs> yeah, special effects, visual effects in this movie, top notch. 
But really, the most, uh, the biggest travesty is that it didn't get sound mixing and sound editing. You got to get both, um, especially gotta when you're. Got to collect them all. Got to get them all. Pokemon. <laughs> the sound categories are really where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just crazy shit. Fucking La La Land, which is a movie I like. <laughs> like I, yeah. I know you guys don't, but I like La La Land, and I still am mad about it. <laughs> More like Blah Blah Land. <laughs> All right. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Although, I guess, again, we can't be too harsh on 2016 because that is the year that Moonlight won. I know. That's what I Which kept is thinking. like, yeah. but also, like, a, undeniably a great thing. So, like, they fucked up everywhere else, but at least they did the one good thing that they, they like, needed to do. God, that was I one just... of the best moments. I, yeah, we didn't I win. We, we didn't win. We, didn't we all win. watched it together in our apartment, and we had people over. Oh, remember when you could have people over? <laughs> I know. Oh. Uh, but yeah, we had people over, and we all watched it, and we were all like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> I just yeah. remember Stevie lying on the ground, writhing in uncomfortable anxiety. <laughs> and I was so excited because I had Moonlight winning, and yeah. then in yeah. like our little like work pool thing, and yeah. so I was like, "Damn." And then I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was great. Man, fuck the Academy Awards, but also, I love them so much. Um, yeah. Anything else on this this one before we move on to what we've been up Negative. to lately? Negative. No. Right. Um, so, what have you guys been up to lately? Who wants... I mean, I can start us off. If, yeah, you uh, start. Uh, I only did you, one Do you thing. know? All right, hit us, hit us with it. So I haven't really watched anything uh, except for That's I fair. May Destroy You and the ending of that season. And it was very, 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 very good. Holy shit. Some might say incredible. Wait, I don't, is that a reference to something? I don't know if no. you're making... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I don't know if you're making a joke or something, but I, I would say that it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we're trying to, like, make a joke here, but that whole It was very finale... good and very moving. Totally. And inventive. Like, such a creative so way to creative. end things. And, like, I love the... Uh, so this is not going to sound like a fair comparison, but... Um, if you think of the movie Clue that just like has all those multiple endings and you're like, well, maybe this is one way it happened and maybe this is one way it happened, but here's what really happened. And they like kind of like finalize and tell you, mm-hmm. I love that this didn't, right? Like it just was like, here are a few different iterations of a thing that could have happened. And like, you probably know which one it was, but like there is like, it's never like clearly laid out that like, okay, here's what actually happened. Um, which I, I really, really appreciated. Um, and I also like the first one, I don't like, I mean this, by the time this episode goes up, that show will have been out for a little while. So yeah. like, maybe we can spoil it. But I don't want to go too crazy. we couldn't spoil the Americans and that was like a <laughs> five year old show. That's a, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. Okay. So I won't spoil anything. I will just say like the first scenario that plays out was like a fucking horror show. Like I was yeah. watching it happen. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, please don't do yeah. this. Please don't do this. Don't, don't make um, it end this way. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, no, no. And then when it like cut back uh, to like reset, I was like, oh, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that show was fucking incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. Great, great, great job 
by all involved, but especially Michaela Cole, because mm-hmm. goddamn. Like, A writing powerhouse. the entire thing, co-directing most of it, giving that level of performance throughout, unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Oh. Thank you for talking Everybody about it, Tierney, because I probably yeah. wouldn't have watched... I mean, like... It probably would have been like on my radar, but I probably would it would have been one of those shows. It was like, yeah, someday I'll get around to it. Um, nah. so since you you brought it up on the the pod so many times, I was like, all right, I should probably fuck with this show. And yes, so that was I my did. goal by bringing it up so many times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, great success by you. <laughs> great success. <laughs> anyway, that's that's all I watched. It's been a very low consumption. Yeah. Week. That's fair. Um. I watched a couple more episodes of Avatar. Still not, like, super into it, but I'm going to keep watching. Um, I rewatched last night um, Black Panther, and mm-hmm. uh, we don't have to spend too much time talking about it, but, like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, finding out on Friday night that Chadwick Boseman passed away was really really rough um and i'm not normally the type of person to get too upset about celebrities dying but this one for some reason just like really really fucking hit and it hurts and it's really sad and i watched black panther last night and that movie it holds up and he's so fucking good in it and just thinking about like what that movie meant to so many people and so many like little black kids running around the country to finally have something to look up to like that and to them now have having lost that is just devastating and i like i can't i i can't wrap my brain around it it's just it's unbelievable but um i don't want to like end on a downer note but i did i felt like i need i i we watched that movie last night and my sister and brother-in-law have a dope fucking uh 3d tv so we watched it in 3d and that movie fucking nice. rules in 3d um all the spaceships and stuff oh my god is awesome in 3d but that movie super <laughs> holds up and i think like all of the stuff that like ryan coogler was doing with like the script and and like the like there's a lot of like no nods to like colonizers and all that other stuff and just like the like prison industrial complex like all that stuff was definitely true when that movie came out in 2018 um, but watching it now in 2020 with all the stuff that's happened this summer, it was just like, whoa, like it, yeah. it like that movie hit another level on top of all of like the Chadwick Boseman of it all. So, um, if you haven't watched Black Panther recently would recommend for several different reasons, but that movie is, is still very, very solid. Um, but in a lighter note, I started reading Saga um, which is Brian K. Vaughn's uh, graphic novel series, um, Brian K. Vaughn of Why the Last Man fame. Um, I've only read the first volume, but it's fucking dope. Uh, so people should check that out. And by people, I mean definitely Matt. Because I own six you have or seven at least, volumes. Yeah, I was going to say, you have at least a few volumes on your yes. bookshelf that I know have uh, not been read. So, uh, <laughs> so get on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I do need to. Um, that's what I've been up besides, to. yeah, I should watch, I should read Saga, but, uh, uh, last night we went to, uh, the, uh, dry, local drive-in, uh, that was doing Priscilla Queen of the Desert, which I had never seen, mm. um, with Hugo Weaving, Guy Pierce, Terrence Stamp, uh, just a incredible 
movie. Are you too familiar with it at all? I've heard no, of it, but that's about of, the extent never of, heard it. of it. I, I think both guy. of you would enjoy it. Yeah, it's. I was gonna say uh, I'm familiar with those actors that you listed, but <laughs> it's three. I just like to call people guy. <laughs> guy, guy, guy. Uh, but it's three drag queens uh, on a bus road trip from Sydney, Australia, to this other small town where they're supposed to perform uh, this show, and all the people that they meet along the way, uh, both bigots and people who uh, <clears throat> enjoy them and like encourage them and embrace them and it was so sweet uh and it was it held up pretty good (laughs) there's like a lot of stuff that i was like oh they're like talking about modern lgbtq uh topics in 1995 uh or 94 which i think 94 but uh yeah it was it was a really fun movie and everyone is so good in it um so i watched that last night and then uh lovecraft country uh, oh, fuck we've been yeah. watching, which has been so is cool. Is it too scary? I, I don't think it's because it you guys give it, didn't give me a definitive answer. On oh, that's true. It's we too scary for oh, me. You did ask us to do that, and we did not do that. So sorry about only, that. <laughs> only the end of the first episode is like graphic, and it's graphic with like monsters that look like crazy monsters. Like they don't look like real things. And uh, my roommate Hannah is like notoriously not great with like extreme violence and like gore and even she was like i mean it's not that bad because it's just all monsters like it it's not realistic and we watched the second episode and that one has even less like okay gross out stuff and it really feels more like the mummy or like indiana jones or those kind of like high adventure uh like secret societies and like the but all layered over uh, the real, very real racism that exists and existed in America in the 1950s. I was going to uh, say, like, very interesting. The scariest part of the first two episodes are the mm-hmm. only two that have been out so far, but the scariest part is absolutely being black in America in 1950. <laughs> like that. And then, like, all of that stuff is legitimately suspenseful to the point where it's, like, almost too much. Uh, there's a, yeah. there's a sequence in the first one that's like very very difficult to watch. Um, not like necessarily in like a bad way. It's just like it's very tense, um, and it's all related to you know again the black experience in 1950s America. The vibe I've gotten from... So, apparently, um, the book is... I've never read the book, but apparently the book mm-hmm. is, like, fairly episodic. Um, like, it kind of oh. tells these little, like, little inner, like, little stories that, like, all these characters are involved in. But um, from what I've gathered... Um, so, it sounds like the TV show is probably going to be kind of like that as well. Um, and I think I've seen a lot of people <clears throat> kind of compare it to, like, the X-Files... Um, oh, but in... the X Files could get s- scary. Right, so I was gonna say like there might be an episode here or there that might be a little spoopy, but um, okay. But like I, from what I've gathered, it sounds like it's going to be 
relatively like monster of the week type thing with mm-hmm. an overall arc that kind of ties it all together. We'll see. We're only two episodes in, and like I said, I haven't read the novel, so I don't know for sure, but I've just kind of picked up on some of those pieces, uh, you know, by, like, reading the internet occasionally, so. It I'll feels give very, it a try. It feels very, like, similar in uh, style and themes and uh, skill as Watchmen, where it feels like okay. you're getting real history, you're also getting, like, out of this world wild crazy stuff uh but it's all grounded in this like very uh real and like uh well-written characters so yeah i i think it's been great i the second episode felt a little the second episode wasn't as good as the first no. like and not it feels even close like, but it felt like the finale of a show that was compacted into one episode where you're like this is a lot happening but now knowing that it's like that kind of format going forward, I think it's uh, going to be even better. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. I watched I don't know I watched some like of that Zac Efron Down to Earth show, which is about like energy and food, and that's interesting. But it's like not, you know, I don't know. It's good. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> the screenshots of Zac Efron just being like, "Whoa, Whoa dude, bro, like bro, <laughs> this is what chocolate is." Wow. <laughs> It's that I, the whole yeah. I almost don't want to watch the show just because I want to live vicariously through those or like experience <laughs> the show vicariously think like just through screenshots of Zac Efron being just like the broiest. <laughs> yeah, the cool thing it is it is all it is all about like uh, not necessarily conservation but of energy and mm-hmm. of uh, like renewable energy, which is a, a cool thing to like slide in to a show with Zac Efron going around with this like. With his, like, mentor. Yeah. Uh, and both of them are bros, but then you, like, learn about, like, uh, thermo, nu- thermo energy or, like, uh, whatever. Geothermal? Geothermal, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's all. That's what I've been watching. Well, bless up. We did it, guys. Um, we did Looking it. at the schedule, I think, Tierney, your next one is City of God. Does that sound right? Ooh. Yes. Um, so we are, we're back to some, uh, back to some subtitles, y'all. Get ready to read. <laughs> Woo! Ready uh, for it. Yeah, that's it. That's it, then. All right. Um, so you know what they say. I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs>